hello and happy day how does slowing down sound to you today would you like to reduce the noise for just a bit are you ready to make a choice and decide to listen my name is Igor SF Walker I'm here to remind people to slow down to reduce the noise to walk their lives into a natural flow welcome back to the book of the week series every week as I read another amazing title I share it with the world and today we look at nonviolent communication a language of life life-changing tools for healthy relationships by Marshall Rosenberg four components to nonviolent communication number one observations number two feelings number three needs number four requests first we observe what is actually happening in a situation when we are observing others saying or doing that is either enriching or not enriching our life the trick though is to be able to articulate this observation without introducing any judgments or evaluation to simply say what people are doing next we state how we feel when we observe this action are we hurt scared joyful amused irritated and thirdly we say what needs of ours are connected to the feelings we have identified you see analysis of others are actually expressions of our own needs and values and sometimes even tragic expressions of our own values and needs they are tragic because when we express our values and needs in this form we increase defensiveness and resistance among the very people whose behavior are of concern to us if people do agree to act in harmony with our values they're likely to do so out of fear guilt or shame because they concur with our analysis of their wrongness communicating our desires as demands is yet another form of language that blocks compassion a demand explicitly or implicitly threatens listeners with blame or punishment if they fail to comply we can replace language that implies lack of choice with language that acknowledges choice we are dangerous when we are not conscious of our responsibility for how we behave think and feel most of us grew up speaking a language that encourages us to label to compare to demand and to pronounce judgments rather than to be aware of what we are feeling and needing life alienating communication is rooted in views of human nature that had exerted their influence for several centuries these views stress human innate evil and deficiency and a need of education to control our inherently undesirable nature such education often leaves us questioning whether there is something wrong with whatever feelings and needs we may be experiencing so we learn early to cut ourselves off from what's going on within ourselves observing without evaluating is the highest form of human intelligence so communication example of observation with evaluation mixed in and observation separate from evaluation use of a verb 
to be without indication that the evaluator takes responsibility for the evaluation. You are too generous. Versus, when I see you give all your lunch money to others, I think you are being too generous. Use of a verb with evaluative connotations. Doug procrastinates versus Doug only studies for exams the night before. Implication that one's inference about another person's thoughts, feelings, intentions, or desires are the only ones possible. She won't get her work in versus I don't think she will get her work in or she said I won't get my work in. Confusion of prediction with certainty. If you do not eat balanced meals, your health will be impaired. Versus, if you do not eat balanced meals, I fear your health may be impaired. Use of words denoting ability without indicating that an evaluation is being made. Hank Smith is a poor soccer player. Versus, Hank Smith has not scored a goal in 20 games. Use of adverbs and adjectives in ways that do not indicate an evaluation has been made. Jim is ugly versus Jim's looks do not appeal to me. The words always, never, ever, whenever, and so on express observation when used in the following ways. Whenever I have observed Jack on the phone, he has spoken for at least 30 minutes. I cannot recall you ever writing to me. Sometimes such words are used as exaggerations, in which case observations, evaluations are being mixed. You are always busy. She is never there when she's needed. When these words are used as exaggerations, they often provoke defensiveness rather than compassion. Words like frequently and seldom can also contribute to confusing observations with evaluation. So, evaluation versus observation. You seldom do what I want versus the last three times I initiated an activity, you said you didn't want to do it evaluation versus observation. He frequently comes over versus he comes over at least three times a week. Distinguish feelings from thoughts. Distinguish between words that express actual feelings and those that describe what we think we are. Description of what we think we are. I feel inadequate as a guitar player. In this statement, I'm assessing my ability as a guitar player rather than clearly expressing my feelings. Expression of actual feelings. I feel disappointed in myself as a guitar player. I feel impatient with myself as a guitar player. I feel frustrated with myself as a guitar player. The actual feeling behind my assessment of myself as inadequate could therefore be disappointment impatient, frustration, or some other emotion. Distinguish between what we feel, 
in how we think others react or behave towards us. What others do may be the stimulus for our feelings, but not the cause. Four options for receiving negative messages. Number one, blame ourselves. Number two, blame others. Number three, sense our own feelings and needs. And number four, sense others' feelings and needs. Example, person A, you disappointed me by not coming over last evening. Person B, I was disappointed when you didn't come over because I wanted to talk over some things that were bothering me. Speaker A attributes responsibility for his disappointment solely to another person's actions. Speaker B addresses his feelings of disappointment to his own unfulfilled desire. Connect your feeling with your need. I feel dot 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 because I need dot dot dot. Distinguish between giving from the heart and being motivated by guilt. In the course of developing emotional responsibility, most of us experience three stages. Number one, emotional slavery, believing ourselves responsible for the feelings of others. Number two, the obnoxious stage in which we refuse to admit to caring what anyone else feels or needs. And number three, emotional liberation, in which we accept full responsibility for our own feelings, but not the feelings of others, while being aware that we can never meet our own needs at the expense of others. Empathy is a respectful understanding of what others are experiencing. Empathy, however, calls upon us to empty our mind and to listen to others with our whole being. When we make mistakes, instead of getting caught up in a moralistic self-judgment, we can use the process of non-violent communication with mourning and self-forgiveness to show us where we can grow. By assessing our behaviors in terms of our own unmet needs, the impetus for change comes not out of shame, guilt, anger, or depression, but out of genuine desire to contribute to our own and others' well-being. We also cultivate self-compassion by consciously choosing in our daily life to act only in service to our own needs and values rather than out of duty for extrinsic reward or to avoid guilt, shame, and punishment. To motivate by guilt, mix up stimulus and cause. We say, you make me angry. You hurt me by doing that. I feel sad because you did that. We use our language in many different ways to trick ourselves into believing that our feelings result from what others do. The first step in the process of fully expressing our anger is to realize what other people do is never the cause of how we feel. The cause of our anger lies in our thinking, in thoughts of blame and judgment. So the four steps to expressing anger are, number one, stop and breathe. Number two, identify our judgmental thoughts. Number three, connect with our needs. And number four, express our feelings and unmet needs. And sometimes in between steps three and four, we may choose to empathize with the other person so that he or she will better be able to hear us when we express ourselves in step number four. By adopting the skills and consciousness of nonviolent communication, we can counsel others in encounters that are genuine, open, and mutual, rather than resort to 
professional relationships characterized by emotional distance, diagnoses or hierarchy. Our ability to distinguish our own feelings and needs and to empathize with them can free us from depression. I can handle your telling me what I did or didn't do. I can handle your interpretations, but please don't mix the two. If you want to confuse any issue, I can tell you how to do it. Mix together what I do with how you react to it. Tell me that you're disappointed with the unfinished chores you see, but calling me responsible is no way to motivate me. And tell me what you're feeling hurt, when you're feeling hurt, when I say no to your advances. But calling me a frigid man won't increase your future chances. Yes, I can handle your telling me what I did or didn't do. And I can handle your interpretations. But please, don't mix the two. Marshall Rosenberg, please. Do help out. It is easy. Simply like this video so more people can enjoy it. Share it too and spread the word. Subscribe to my channel and stay up to date. And the link to this book is in the description below so you buy it and read. Never stop learning. Thank you. Love and respect.